Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, it's Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and welcome to another episode of Be Unique's Unscripted, where we talk to artists, musicians, performers, and business professionals. My name is Tony Taylor, I'll be your host for this evening. You know, you could spend your Thursday nights anywhere, and we are excited you're spending it with us. The conversation is cool, it's calm, and it's casual. You can also be a part of the conversation by dialing 516-418-5651. Now, before we begin, let's talk about why you need to get on your phone and go to BeUnique.org. That's B-U-N-E-K-E.org. Here's what Be Unique is all about. Our mission is to work today to change tomorrow using digital mediums to connect the world with professional storytelling and media production. We work to educate, inspire, and foster positivity and creativity worldwide through video, audio, and a spectacular literary magazine featuring writers from around the world. The newest Be Unique magazine is out right now, and you can read it online along with Be Unique Brevard magazine, the Space Coast premier magazine. Be Unique is also a media powerhouse. Not only do you get this incredible podcast hosted by me, Tony Taylor, but 11 other shows. So sit back, get comfortable, and get ready to dial 516-418-5651 with your questions, comments, and whatever else you may want to say. Let's meet our guest. All right, everybody. It is Thursday night. It is 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and you are on Be Unique Radio. You are listening to Unscripted. My name is Tony Taylor. I'm going to be your host, and it is my absolute pleasure this evening to introduce our guests. Our first two, oh, we have two guests tonight, author Mary Brotherton and co-creator, oh, author Mary Brotherton, she's also the co-creator of Be Unique, and we have author Linda Humphrey. Linda and Mary, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? I'm good. I'm good, too. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. I'm excited to be here with you. Oh, we are excited to have you. So listen, we have got a a, a, a show for the night. Um, we are talking to two authors that are specializing in children's books. Um, our first author, Mary Brotherton, has just published her first book. Um and uh, we are, she's also working on her second book, which is No, I'm Asian. working on my third. Oh, third book. She's working on her third book. I stand corrected. Working on her third book, and the name of that book is? A Journey with Angels. A Journey with Angels. Is this, is this going to be an angel trilogy? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, because the first book, Tony, took me 40 years. And then I was suddenly, <laughs> seriously, took me 40 years to write and, and publish it and get, off, get out of my way. Once Very I got methodical. out of my own way, right. it took me four months to come up with the second idea. From idea to publication, four months. Boom. And, and that included writing the book and illustrating it and right. then getting it printed and, and all this. Then uh, maybe two weeks after I started on that one, I had the idea to do the third book. But I, have to, I can't do but one thing at a time. 
And then along comes Linda. Remember that old song, Along Comes, I think it was Along, along Comes, comes Mary. Linda. Oh, no. yeah. But Linda and I were, um, and, and you know, Tony, I'm, I'm a very retiring, retired type person. I'm, I'm getting up right. in age and I do nothing all day long but sit around and catch up on my soaps and, you know, <laughs> you know paint my nails. Uh, Linda came to visit. Uh, uh, that is the in, very definition of facetiousness. <laughs> That's the very definition of sarcasm. But I, Linda, Linda used to live in Florida. That's where we met. She currently lives in Tennessee, and she came to visit. And the oh, maybe within a a week of me getting my galley copy of my second book, which was my children's book. Linda, would you like to tell him what you thought when you first saw that book? Oh, sure. Uh, Mary and I have been together in one way or the other since 2009 when she was my editor and I first met her. Um, I've been writing in print media for more than 30 years. I didn't get into it until I was almost 40, so that gives you a little hint of my age. But Mary and I went out for one of our three- to four-hour lunches uh, when (laughs) I was in Florida in March, and she handed me my angel book, which is the little children's book that she just finished publishing. And the minute that I held it in my hand, I just, I felt so good just holding it. And I, I read the whole thing and I was just, you know, let me just say this. In today's age, when most children, by the time they're maybe even three or four, or at least five, have some kind of an electronic device in their hands, right. and they're already used to screen, and they're looking at all this stuff. And I see, I remember thinking when I was looking at her book, oh, my goodness, we've got to get this in the hands of children and let them get back to seeing and and feeling pictures and right. turning pages, you know, turning pages. And I, I knew that I wanted to do a children's book. I've wanted to do it too, not 40 years. But when she tells that story, I think, of, I think of the children of Israel in the Bible and how they roamed around for 40 years lost. <laughs> I, I, I thought about that too. <laughs> yeah. But they got they got found. It was all right. But um, I remember I remember looking at Mary and saying, Mary, this book, I can't explain it, but I feel really good when I hold this book, and children are going to love it. And if my book can be half this good, I will be so happy. And that's the way we left it in March when I was down in Florida, and she happened to say just kind of like off the cuff or as is, you know, a little side uh, sidebar, um, I, I would love to um, illustrate your book. And we were yeah. talking a little bit about the program that she used, you know, and I said, and I had been, I had been, uh, Tony, this, this book came to me three years ago, um, and I've been struggling for those three years. And one of my favorite lines is, and then COVID. And then, <laughs> and then COVID. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I and think that's a line I, for everybody. I, <laughs> yes, it is. But I got this idea three years ago, and I've been struggling trying to find an illustrator. Um, 
and not and a, and a publisher and not knowing what nor I just knew I needed to uh, write this book. So I when right I held her, Linda, can I stop yeah. you right there because it's such an interesting story. You need to tell us and tell our listeners the origin of how you came up with your book. Okay, there's a little backstory, and it is interesting. Right. It is. Um, I, as Mary said, I moved up to Tennessee in 2016, had lived mo- born in Tennessee but lived most of my life in Florida. Moved up here in 2016, and in late uh, late 2018, I found out that I had early-stage breast cancer. So, um, okay, I never was, it it never made me afraid. I never dreaded it. I knew I was going to be fine. I knew that wasn't the hill I was going to go on down on. And um, so I said, okay, so we'll we'll treat the cancer. So I was sent to this surgeon, and uh, I had uh, one surgery in early 2019, January, Mm-hmm. And so in March, I was set up to go see this radi- radiation oncologist, Dr. Ken Strike, here in Athens, Tennessee. So I went to his office, and he said, Linda, he said, they, they say things differently up here. He said, I would bet the farm that there's still cancer in there. And I, even after my surgery, and I said, oh, okay. Do you own that farm free and clear? And he said, no. (laughs) (laughs) Then you can't bet it. What else you got? And we had such a good rapport, you know, and everything. And he said, no. He said, you're going to have to have another surgery, which I did. So one day in uh, late June, I think it was, uh, early July, yeah, early July, I was coming back from the Knoxville Breast Center, scheduling, trying to reschedule my or schedule my second surgery, and I came home and found my husband had passed away while I was gone. Oh. So, it, at our home, in our home. So that's what I came home to. So that was another setback for quite a while. But I finally had another surgery and then went back to see Doctor Strike for my radiation. And as I was going every day for treatment to him, um, he he came in one morning and he was complaining about his ribs hurting. And I said, what in the world did you do? And he said, oh, he said, I went out on my motorbike and I got into knee-deep mud and I think I cracked a rib. And I said, how old are you, 14? And he said, no. <laughs> he, you know, in his 50s at that time. Well, the next time he came in, he was talking about another something he had done. He's a risk taker. And then one day he mentioned paragliding. Paragliding. And I said, yeah, paragliding, powered paragliding. And um, I said, that's not where they, you know, they go up when it's windy and then come back down. He said, no, these have actual engines and we control them and we don't go up when it's windy. It's a lot different than just para, you know, the the ones you usually see. Right. And I said, I'm sorry, what? Parasailing, like they do for out on the ocean. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally yeah. different than that. And so we talked a little more about it. And the more I found out about this man, the more I wanted to write about him because I, you know, write for the local paper. And I said, "Would you let me do an article on you?" And he said, "Oh, I'm not inter- interesting." He said, "No, there's nothing to write about there." So I kept nagging him. Finally, he consented to let me write the article. So 
I wrote an article about him. He also climbs high mountains in Colorado and all that stuff. So I had a really good article. So I said to him, do you ever fly? Do you paraglide around here locally? And he said, yeah. He said, sometimes we go over to uh, a little farm in Sweetwater. Well, that's the next town over from me. I mean, that's like a hop, skip, and a jump. And I said, would you let me know when you are going to fly? And he said, yeah, sure. And so I went out and I met, you know, really like five of them there, and I met his buddies, and I'm sitting there taking notes when they're all talking. And I thought, well, this will make a great article. I'll get the whole bunch this time. So long story short, I I'm, I met with other gliders there at Sweetwater. There's a little cornfield there. And I met with them and watched them fly and got all inspired. Well, I have wanted to write a children's book for a long time, too, kind of like Mary. And I had put that on the back burner. I wasn't even thinking about that at all, really, truly. So after one of uh, after one of the evenings out at the corn cornfield, and watching the paragliders, and I was so I just thought it was the most interesting thing I'd seen in a long time. And so I came home and and I went to bed. Now, creative people, Tony, you might know this because I have a feeling you are one. Uh, yeah. Creative people. <laughs> Creative people have problems with insomnia, and yes. the hours that creative minds work are generally somewhere after 2 in the morning and, and like 2 to 5 or 3 to 6 right. or whatever. Right. Yeah, and some of the best writing I've ever done has been like 4 to 6. Exactly, and in so the morning. I went to, yeah, see, yeah. I went to bed and sound asleep, and I, I was – I woke up and I sat straight up in the bed and I said, cornfield flyers. And <laughs> and I said, cornfield flyers? What in the world does that mean? And and all at once I knew. And I said, oh, my goodness, I'm writing a children's book called Cornfield Flyers. And that's how it happened. That's the backstory. <laughs> That is a great story. Now, now the both of you have been writing for decades, and yes, I want to yeah. ask. I want to put this question to the both of you. Uh, whoever may answer first is up to you. But I want to ask you why children's books. Oh with my all gosh! Can I take that, that done, one? Yeah, with, well, oh, I'm sure. with all the writing you've done over the years, art, countless articles. Um, and profiles, interviews, that type of thing. Why children's books? You know, Go it's ahead. funny because I've written two novels, a an episodic that could either be a movie or an episode, you know, a series. Right. The dozens, maybe hundreds of short stories, uh-huh. anthologies. I've got memoirs like nobody's, you know, I, I just can't even tell you the great memories I've had, just like Go With Angels, all these amazing things happened. I mean, I had a gun held to my head at, well, not at my head, pointed at my face um, <laughs> on my honeymoon. You can't make this stuff up. I've had such amazing things happen to me that blow my mind away. I have to tell the stories. Right. But why children's books? Right. It's kind of more like a why not. I mean, I've got, I think, five other children's books waiting in the wings. And, wow. and as we work on Linda's Cornfield Flyers illustrating it, and let me tell you a, a backtrack about that. Don't, don't let me forget. i got to get back to how I started working on her book, actually. 
But okay. the reason why children's books is they're not necessarily so you, know, you look at them and go, oh, that's a five-minute read, a ten-minute read. That must be pretty easy. It's not as easy as you think it is. And as I'm becoming, expanding into illustrating, because illustrating for myself was easy. I could look at it and go, nope, I don't like it. Or, hmm, that's got potential. Or change the illustration, go, yep, that's the one. I'm the only one who needs to approve it. But I'm working with someone else now, another creative person. And I send Linda the, the illustrations and she goes, oh, my gosh, I don't like it. No, usually she she loves what I do, and because I have a, I guess it's a gift. Um, just like some people have gift of psycho sure psychiatric care. <laughs> no, it's uh, but I think I need psychiatric care. No, but everybody has a different gift, and one of my gifts has always been working with writers and helping them become stronger writers, better writers but not taking their voice away. In fact, I think that's probably how Linda and I bonded because as her editor, she made the comment once that she liked the way I edited her work. I've had a few who say, oh, nope, I can't stand the way Mary edits, but most people appreciate my style. Um, Working as her illustrator is a total new beast. Because I've got to, I got to get into her head, you know, in a, in a way of to, to, to turn a phrase, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, backing up to um, why children's books. I told you I had like five other children's books that have been in the works for many years. Right. Like Linda, I've been looking for an illustrator. I could not find one. When I did, she was fabulous. And then she disappeared. Um, I don't want to say she flaked out on me, but, I mean, we had a nice conversation, and she explained to me why she didn't feel she was the right person right. to do my book. And I'm like, well, uh, you know, what now? Where do I go from here? But when I wrote, when I got the idea for my Angel Book, which is a book about angels for children. It's because I heard, I was talking to my niece about the book that you have a copy of, Go With Angels. I know, yes. And we were discussing that book, and she said, so what are you going to write next? And I said, I don't know. And I told her all that I've told you up to this point. And I heard a voice in my head say, I mean, you could say I had an idea, but I like to believe that I heard a voice. Because okay. uh, I I felt like I heard a voice. I want you to write a book about angels for children. And I'm like, piece of cake. I can do that in my sleep. Because of most children's books, they're simple words. They're short sentences. They're um, pretty quick and easy. And some right. of them rhyme. Some of them don't. But I fought for two weeks to write this story or book. I didn't know what it was going to be. It was going to be a book about angels for children. That's all I knew. Right. And so for two weeks, I wrestled with this idea. And finally, I said, okay, God, you told me to write a book about angels for kids. Why are you stopping me from writing the words? I can't think of these words. 
I had written eight lines of absolute garbage, Tony, in two weeks' time. Mm. And I tried every. I did all the things that I preached to other writers. Right. Get away from your keyboard. Try longhand. Try using a pencil. Try painting. Try try using you know coloring. Do something different. Use a marker. Don't don't do it on um, you know go go to the beach and write in the sand. I had all these brilliant ideas, and nothing worked. So I said, Why can't I write? And I heard that same voice that I've heard for many, many years say, paint the pictures and the words will come. And my first thought, because, you know, I tend to argue with everybody, um, was, but I'm not a painter. And he said, "Uh, yeah, that's what Michelangelo said once. And I thought, that is so unfair. Don't put me in that sentence with him. I, I can't be compared to Michelangelo. He said, I'm not comparing you to anybody. I'm just telling you. He didn't think he could paint either. Go paint and the words will come. So I spent right. six weeks painting uh, with acrylics and canvas. That was what I chose. And on Christmas Day, my youngest son called me to wish me Merry Christmas. And I told him what I was doing. I basically caught him up to speed with where you are right now. Right. And he said, Mom, send me some of the pictures. You know, text them to me. So I did. And he said, those are cute. And the way he said it, I thought, mm-hmm, you don't like them. But it was all I knew to do. I didn't know how to paint any better. I've never been formally trained. And so he said, to Mom, have you ever thought about using AI to paint? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Why would I? How would I even go about starting it? So he gave me some hints, told me where to go, what programs I could try, and the rest is history. Pretty much, I in four four months later, I had the copy in my hand. Oh wow, Mary, Mary, yes, Mary, yes. tell tell the tell the listeners what AI is. I have to stop and think. I want to call it augmented, but it's not. It's artificial intelligence. Artificial Basically, intelligence. Basically, I'm using I'm using a program called Midjourney. Midjourney. That I can only is called Midjourney, and it's in another app called Discord. Okay. And Discord is a chat program, primarily used for gamers. Okay. I. I've had uh, Midjourney since 2018. I'm not Midjourney, but um, Discord. I didn't even know that Midjourney was in there. Okay. And so I, I was like, what in the heck? And I piddled around with it, and I've learned, I've studied, I've, I've watched videos. I have a young man. Oh, he's not so young anymore. He's in his early 40s. Oh, he's um, young. But he, <laughs> he's young. <laughs> Everybody's young compared Very to me. He's young. Yeah, he's young. But you know, he he's um he's a he's an adult. You know, he's not like a twenty year old. But he, he's a okay. he's, he's a he's a friend of my son's, and he uses Mid Journey, and he has given me so many great ideas, and and he just has taken me under his wing and mentored me in this, and I've been nice. working on it. Nice. And I will say this because it came up in a question when I started working on Linda's book, what about copyright? And it is true that you cannot copyright something that you've created with 
artificial intelligence because you're not creating it. That I didn't, the, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yes, we 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 learn as we go. Yes. Um, I you can copyright an entire book. You cannot copyright a title, but you can copyright the book or you can copyright the text of the book. But you right. cannot copyright the images if you used artificial intelligence. And I have been working with Linda on Zoom, and she has watched me manipulate these images. I get a, like a seed from it, and then I turn it into something that's unique for us. Okay. But I, I had told her back in, in March, kind of facetiously, you ought to let me illustrate your book. And, and the, the first thing Linda said was, you don't have time. And that would my have been thought the first was, thing I said. That would have been the first my, thing. I said. My thought was, but you don't control my time. Why, <laughs> why would you tell me what kind of time I've got? And bear in mind, you know, since basically around March, around that time, that's when Jennifer flew out to Seattle. She's been out there since then. Here we right. are three months later, um, and I'm more or less managing the. the administrative side of be unique completely by myself right. which is not a big deal but also it affects how the magazine comes together and, sure. and how things are getting published which right now they're just being published online right once again i'm the one doing it so right. um and i i yeah, hear all the time mira you're doing too much you're doing too much i'm like okay you want me to stop doing the one thing that i do for you or the thousands of things that i do for everybody else and everybody wants me to stop doing for everybody else. They don't want me to stop what I'm doing for them. Ask right. Linda. You want me to stop illustrating? Of course nope. not. <laughs> nope. Nope. But yeah, I well. woke up. Tony, Tony, talk. You know, how you heard Linda say she woke up from a dream. Right. And right. heard a flying no, cornfield flyers. For cornfield and flyers. And she knew she had to write this book. Right. I woke up. I don't think I dreamed, but I woke up. And I went straight to my phone, and I texted Linda, can we talk? Right. No, I think I just called you cold. I don't think I texted you. I just called her out of the blue. And I said, I need you to send me your poems because I'm ready to start illustrating your book. Okay. Yeah. I got it. I got it. I got so it. Linda, Linda uh, let me ask you this, Linda. I, I wanted, go ahead. Yes. While we're on the subject, yes. I, I wanted to ask you, too, your your side of why you decided to do a children's book? Uh, because, well, uh, writing news, you know, print media covering council meetings, I didn't, I did that in the beginning, but not lately, but uh, writing stories about Dr. Strike, all of that's interesting and everything. But with kids' books, I wanted to use, I wanted to use my imagination and I hadn't written poems in a really long time and I didn't know this was going to be a, a book with a lot of poems, right? Uh, but I knew I knew before I got any older, and my I have had some vision stuff going on, and I knew I wanted at least one one child's book. So um, that's all. It was just a it was a desire. It was just a passion, you know. Uh, some people like to write whatever novels or whatever, but I just wanted one children's book. So after Mary had just casually mentioned down there in March. Yeah, I'd like to illustrate your book, and I thought, okay. 
And, and then I got home and I hadn't heard from her and I hadn't heard from her. And I I just said one day, I said, Lord, you know what? I've been at this trying to get this book that I thought was inspired, but I've been delusional before, and maybe this is a delusion. <laughs> uh, seriously, my family will verify that. But I okay. I said I really I really thought this was inspired, and I really want to do this book. I've been through illustrators. I've been I can't spend any more money than I than I have to. I said I can't keep right. doing this and getting disappointed. And so I'm ready to, you know, I haven't heard from Mary. She's got so much going on. And I said, I am ready to walk away from it and just say, I'm sorry, guys, because the, actually, I forgot to tell you, the name of the, the group, the paragliders from Knoxville, was Moonshine Flyers. So Moonshine Flyers. I, I, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I was ready to tell the guys because they've been looking forward to it. And like I said, for three years, it just didn't happen. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm telling you right now, I'm ready to lay this aside and say, well, Linda, it was a cute idea, but honey, it's just not going to happen. And I I think I can be okay with that. I'm disappointed, but it's all right. Mm. I don't want to spend any more energy or any more time on this. And it was two days after I said that prayer that Mary called me and said, I'm ready to start on your book. (laughs) <laughs> and that's that's and I why said, I wanted to call this. I wanted to call this episode an answered prayer. And um, and it seems to me yeah. that that was exactly what happened. Yes, exactly. Yes. And, exactly. And, she, when, and when she said, "I'm ready to start on your book," I went, "Mary, you have no idea what this what this phone call is. You have no idea." And she hasn't stopped. I don't. I don't think there's been a day go by since she called me and said that she hasn't gone crazy. I mean, Tony, if you could see her, I finally looked at her not long ago, and I said, I think you're having more fun on my book than you did with yours. (laughs) She has not stopped. She keeps giving me all these inspirations, and 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 lots of times we finish each other's sentences and. She'll send me a picture, and I'll say, I just had that very picture in my mind. Uh, and poems, I, oh, my gosh. I, okay, let me just tell you this. I got to sure. where, when I was first writing this, I couldn't, write, I couldn't get home quick enough. I'd be out, and I'd see a butterfly, or I'd see a rainbow, or whatever. And I'd say, oh, no, I've got to go home and write a poem about that real quick. I'd come home, I'd sit down. And it would just spurt out of me. I, it was almost like I didn't even have enough time to get it all in there. And then we went to the next one, and we went to the next one. I ended up with 20 poems, and I really thought oh, I was oh, done. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then yesterday, when I was in the middle of a medical procedure, uh, that <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't stop thinking. And this this title came to me: Peanut Butter and Jelly Mountain. And I said, no, no, I can't write another poem. Mary will <laughs> hang me out to dry. We're, we, I told her we were done. I said, I'm all finished. 20 poems is it. Well, now we have 21 poems. <laughs> can I, can and I, and I, just, I, just so that I understand and our listeners understand too, your book is comprised of poems? There's 20 poems and there's, no, there's quite a lot of, well, see, okay, good, good. I'm so glad you asked that. When I was writing about the paragliders here, uh, mm-hmm. they would fly up and go 
visit and zoom down and wave to a family friend, these fam, this family that I am very close to, who lived on Browder Lake in Sweetwater. And they got so tickled, and I took them out to the field one day when they were flying, and they got to meet them and watch them fly. These are five five siblings, and I wanted to use them in the book. So they became my Browder Bunch, which I kind of stole from Brady Bunch. And <laughs> they, are the, they are the stars, really, of my book. So I start out with the older sister getting all the other four siblings together for a, a bedtime story. Only this time, she's not going to just tell them a story. They're going to write their own story. And as a matter of uh, fact, they're going to write okay. their own book. Yeah. And the name of the book is going to be Cornfield Flyers. So then they start writing poems. The poems are they're supposed to be the creations of the children. So as the children write, then there's dialogue to go into the next poem. So there's quite a bit of narration um, in the book also. It's not just poems. Okay. So that's how, that's how that all happened. What? Let me ask the, the poems both of you. kind of tie the story together. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Let me ask the both of you, since you are all of these years experienced writers, what are some of the challenges of writing a children's book versus a finding a decent illustrator? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's reasonably priced. <laughs> now we're not. Now no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're not talking. Truth. We're not. We're not talking practicalities. We're talking about as a as as a as a writer. What are some of the challenges in writing a a um, a children's book versus a regular novel, screenplay, episodic, poem? Well, what what what, I would what, say, what are you I particularly say, cognizant of as as a children's author? I would say one of the main first things has to be the cover. It has to draw the parents because the children aren't going to be the ones shopping and buying the book. Uh, the parents gonna buy it, and, and they've got to be they've got to be drawn to it, and it's got to be something that they think their children that they would love, and they pick up the book and they look it through it. So, I would say making it appeal to the parents, and okay. um, and then, and then as they read it uh, inside, be touched by it, like I was when I picked up Mary's book. We want them to feel good when they pick up our books. And uh, keeping oh. that feeling going is a challenge because I go in stores all the time now and look at children's books, and you know, uh, and I and I've checked out several children's pub, children book publishers, and you can if you if you're lucky enough to find a publisher that likes your work, they they want to buy your book and they want to publish it, but they right. also want to own it. And they and they'll do the illustrations for you. But I'm telling you what, when Mary when I sat with Mary on a Zoom meeting and saw how this uh, program, Mid-Journey program works, I was in awe. And I'm almost 76, Tony. I've never seen anything like it, nothing. Right. My book, my book came alive right before my eyes. And I am so, I'm so excited. We both are. We just can't even contain our excitement. And uh, so I, I think your question, at least from my point of view, is, you maintain the excitement. You get the person who picks up that book, number one, who who is drawn to your book. So the cover is so important. Have you seen the cover of my book yet, Tony? 
I, if he has, it, we've changed it since then. Okay. I don't. I think I did send. I'm pretty sure I sent him a copy of the uh, the book cover. Okay. So okay. that has to appeal first. That has to appeal first, is to look at the cover, and then right. when they grab the book and hold it, they want to buy it. That's that's right. the thing. They want to get the get that into the hands and minds of their children. So, Mary, what about you? What 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 challenges did you face writing a children's book? Um, once I started writing it, um, well, for my angel book was knowing you you you've got to know the subject for one thing. Okay. Um, but you you also need to be cognizant of the age level that you're writing for. Right. And you you don't want, you want to challenge these. And I tell people, you know, some people have read my angel book and they go, these words are pretty big for children. I say, yeah, they are. But parents who read them can, can pronounce them. And they, this is a way to teach children to read. Right. You show them what's available. And, um, I I think the biggest thing is you don't want to compromise your idea for the illustration. You you want to make sure your illustrations tell the story, but you also want to make sure that your story cuz Linda and I had had a conversation not too long ago about this. The her poems are great. They're they're just they're really great fun to read. In fact, I'll read you one real quick because I think oh, it's sure. just so cute. That would be great. Actually, oh. that would be great. But, but um, the the stories... Okay, let me just read this one. It's called Safari. That would be great. Yeah, that, read one. Lions, tigers, and monkeys galore on a safari and looking for more. There are no signs and no traffic lights. I smile really big seeing the sights. Elephants walking, some big and some small. In a row they parade, looking so tall. I want a giraffe to stick out his neck, so I can pet him while on my trek. Soon I will say goodbye to my friends and to their brave world where the fun never ends. Now that story has nothing to do with the paragliding, but I'm trying to incorporate a glider into the story about the safari. And that's been mm-hmm. a challenge because a lot of the stories, um, they, they lend themselves to the paraglides. But, but the, little boy is, the little boy is on a glider and he's gliding over and seeing all these animals. So In your head. A <laughs> what, honey? What? <laughs> what was that? I said, in your head. (laughs) Here's another one I think is is just adorable. It's one of my favorites that Linda wrote. It's called A Penguin Party. Okay. I want to see New Zealand flying over islands and trees. So, of course, you assume that there's going to be something flying there. I will ask some waddling penguins to hitch hitch a ride with me. They'll climb aboard and see the world in their fancy black and white suits. If they see a place they want to live, they can use their parachutes. Hmm. And um, you know, she she has written so many cute, cute little little poems. 
Um, and, and I can't, well, I, another one that really does talk about power gliding or paragliding. Um, but it, sometimes I put the picture of the glider in the story, and sometimes I don't, depending on how I'm inspired. Because, oh, I was fighting this, the one that I sent you earlier today, Wildlife Below. And that was mm-hmm. inspired by Linda's friend, Tommy Gossett, who is a paraglider. Okay. And okay. when I, I tried, and I, I must have spent two days working on this, working and working and trying to get uh, a young, I wanted a kid, I wanted it to be a boy, sailing over, and, and I'll read it and then you'll hear, you'll understand why. Okay. So many deer, wild turkeys and more, butterflies, Birds, butterflies, and turtles galore. All can be seen so clearly on high while I'm on my wing, just floating by. Flying with geese, so many there are. They fly right beside me, yet seen so far. Cornfields below and freshly cut crops. I sometimes fly low, touching their tops. A young boy's dreams all coming true. Flying so high up into the blue knowing one day I would discover and find, then visit the places that lived in my mind. And I worked on this story, this one little paragraph for days. And I've been, I've been working on it really and truly for a couple of weeks because right. it was always in the back of my mind. And I knew what I wanted. I knew how I wanted it to look. And so I was manipulating the, the graphics to make it exactly like I thought it needed to be. And I put it to bed last night. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to look at it tomorrow and I'll, I'll probably tweak it a little bit. I looked at it and looked at it and I, I, I kept, basically I was copying, I was making the images and copying and pasting and putting them where I wanted them right. and grumbling the whole time. It wasn't right. It wasn't right. It wasn't right. And then my cat just, kind of said, you need to get away from the computer, come sit with me and play me, you know, love me over here. I need you because I have a very <laughs> old, he, he's 19 years old, which is like a 92-year-old man. And he he just needs some attention. And well, after I... maybe an hour, huh? Right. No, go after ahead. maybe an hour sitting with this cat, I had a thought. And I like to believe that it's an inspired thought because I don't think I could have come up with this image no. on my own. I made, no. I made two images, and it, it, it's all in what you tell the AI to do. It only, it's only as smart as you are. Right. And it can, only, it can only do what you tell it to do. So after taking a break and not fighting it, I came up with this great idea of how to tell it what I wanted and I thought, oh, my gosh. And Linda, what was it you said? I thought you said it was going to bring class to the book or something like that. Yes, because it's the, the deer and the geese are just absolutely perfect. And, Tony, you, I might want to just say uh, a lot of these poems were inspired by certain paragliders' words that they said to me. And right. uh, I put it, I put in there the name. She puts the name of the poem, and then she says inspired by. Um, okay. Yeah, that's where I got the ideas were direct, kind of direct quotes from the gliders themselves. So, 
So uh, that, just real quick, just real. I'm sorry, just real quick. Uh, it's sure. it's all about getting books into into the kids' hands again and get them away right. from screens so much. Well, I got to tell you that last uh, bit that um, that Mary read um, had so much, um, and I, and I hope this. I'm I'm not, I'm just saying, so much Dr. Seuss in it. Mm, in a sense mm. of the way the words rhyme and the way the words work together. That's the hard part with, I think, with children's books. Right. Is you've got to connect with the illustrator who can bring your words to life. And right. not just bring them to life. In, in a child's mind, these words need to be animated. Even even though it's not physically animated, but the children need to be. And, and in fact, when we when Linda and I were working on the cover, Curtis, my husband, came through and he looked at it. He goes, "Okay, you need to do this and you need to do that. Why don't you have this?" Because he's an engineer, of course. He's got all these ideas. So, he, one of the because there was a picture. There's a picture of a little girl on the front is sitting in a power paraglider. Um, going through a corn field, a, a field of corn, and that's pretty much it, you know. And Curtis said, "How is she moving? Um, what's what's propelling her? You need to show the motor. You need to show a propeller. You need to show something so you can know that it's moving." Right. And he right, said, "How? Right. What? What's making her fly?" I said, "Her right. imagination." I was just going to say that. I mean, you you capture uh, the illustrations got to capture the imagination. And it seems that you guys working together on on this the story have really done that. Well, I, I want to say this before the time runs out real quick. I I right. just got to say this one one last thing. You see 3 years ago when I first had this idea and then COVID and everything shut down and, and all everything. And um, right. it, see, the book couldn't have happened then, Tony, because this program that Mary is using wasn't even invented yet. This is oh, brand okay. new. Okay. See? And, I, and everything about perfect timing, God's timing, that Mary's got the program now, She and she jumped into this, and I mean, I'm telling you, this book is going to probably be done really, really soon. And, really? Um, yeah, oh, yeah. And I haven't been able to stop with the words when I get inspired, and she hasn't been able to stop with the pictures when she gets inspired. And it's just a wonderful thing come together. But it couldn't have happened until now. It couldn't have. So, hey, Mary, I mean, it could have, but it couldn't have. I'm sorry, Mary, what? Is, well, I was going to ask Mary, is Be Unique going to start publishing books? Be Unique has already published both of my books. Right, uh-huh. right. But I mean, <laughs> outside of uh, outside of the the co-creator of Be Unique, are you going to well, be we're looking publishing, at that avenue? Well, Linda's planning to publish through Be Unique. We have two more writers that are waiting in line for me to finish with Linda's book so I can help them with theirs. <laughs> okay. So I think the answer is yes. <laughs> I guess yes. the answer is definitely yes. The answer is definitely yes. 
And, you know, it's interesting. Everything has to change, grow, and evolve. And I think that this may be the next phase for Be Unique. I'll tell you, in addition to Metafest. It is magical. It is magical being a part of this family um, to see everything just completely grow in a natural way. That's a wonderful way to put it. Wonderful. Uh, it, it, it's just amazing to me, you know. And, and it, you and both, you've both been with us since basically the beginning. Oh, I know, I know, and and and, and I've seen this amazing, you know. It, I'm not kidding when I say it's a powerhouse because it is a powerhouse of creativity and imagination. And yeah. be unique has got both those qualities, and you know, taking this. Taking this idea of coming from a dream from Linda and having it, you know, in page in having it in the physical form is absolutely amazing. Well, and you know what? It might it might even be more amazing than that is this wouldn't be happening at all had I not had cancer and met well, Doctor Strike. Well see and you know that I mean who thinks about things that way. No. I mean, seriously, right. who thinks right. in terms of, oh, well, I had cancer, so now I'm writing a children's book. We, Me. You know, most of us don't think that way, but I, no, I'm grateful that Linda all. does. Not at all. Not at No, that's all. one of the first things I thought. If I had not met this man, I wouldn't even know what a paraglider is. I, so right. this book would not be. No, it wouldn't. So you see how all the parts came together, every single part. And, and where are we right now with your cancer, Linda? Oh, oh, good. I, I had, I didn't have to have chemo or, um, I had to have surgery and radiation. It's gone. It's um, that's good. I, I just graduated. Yeah, I just graduated to yearly checkups instead of six months. I oh, knew it was going to go. Yeah. I knew it was going to go when I. I never was fearful of this cancer at all, and I say that with all my whole heart. So thank you for asking. That's really kind yes. of you. Yes. Yeah. And I want to. I want to. In the last few minutes that we have, Linda, is there any way that those of uh, those that are listening can get a, in contact with you and find out more about the Cornfield Flyers of East Tennessee? Mary, what would you suggest? Is she suggest uh, my email or have Facebook or what do you think? Um. They can reach you on your Facebook, which is Linda Sutherland Humphrey, or they can always reach out through Be Unique, email me and and ask your question. I'll pass it on. Um, If you want to give out your email, Linda, that's up to you. Uh, This this goes to 98 different countries. my My granddaughter is building us a Facebook page just for the book, so that will be out soon. Yeah. Yeah, her granddaughter so, uh, is in marketing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. She's and also Mary, a journalist. About... Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, she's just excited about the book too. Everybody is. <laughs> oh, I'm excited about the oh, book. Oh, Linda's already Mary... got all she's how many books have you pre sold or not even pre sold but you waiting I am very I'm very pleased to announce I just hit orders for seventy books. Oh, that is fantastic. That is, that's more oh, than I've sold of my book since April. This <laughs> is amazing. fantastic, Linda. Wow, oh, what listen. an accomplishment. 
And we don't even have a price for it yet. No, Tony, I expect one day for you to be interviewing Mary and me again uh, when we're on a book tour and and both with both of our children's books. And you know what? Well, I'm going to be in line having them signed. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay. I also expect, I have from the beginning, expect to get it into the hands of Dolly Parton, who is just a couple hours from me up here in East Tennessee. She has the Imagination Library. Yes, yes. She has Imagination Library where she gives out books every month to children. And we want our books to be in her library, and we also want them in the hands of the children that have to go and be treated at St. Jude's Hospital here in Tennessee, too. Right, right, right. Right. Mary, what about you? How can anybody get a hold of you and your now trilogy of angel books? Uh, the best way is probably just reach out to me, uh, Mary at BeUnique.org. Um, you know, they can order the books that way. I also have a web, uh, working on my website too, but my Facebook page is Angel Author. I'm, I'm going to have to change that to Book Midwife, I think. We never got a chance to talk about that. There's so much we could talk about. But listen, I, I, I want to thank the both of you for joining me tonight. And I hope you had a thank good time. Thank you for having us, Tony. I hope you had a good time. And I hope that. It was um, my pleasure. I and hope you'll come back, Linda. Linda. Linda, I hope you'll come back. And talk about the success that your book has achieved. I I would love to. And you're perfect for this, Tony. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I appreciate that. I really do. And I and I appreciate Mary. And I appreciate all of the uh, opportunities and 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 just everything that's been offered to me through Unscripted. And uh, Mary, I have you in particular to thank for that. And um, you're so welcome. I really uh, appreciate the both of you, and I really want to thank you both for being on the show. And we really, I mean, really do look forward to hearing all about uh, how successful Cornfield Flyers of East Tennessee is going to be. Because I feel that with the both of you, the passions are there, and the drive is there, and that this will truly be a book that will get into the hands of kids and inspire them. Yeah. So along with my and, angel book. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thank you both for being here on the show and thank um, you, I hope you'll come back and have, and, and join us again. Yeah, oh, we will. We'll, we'll let, we'll let you know all along the road, what the phases are, you know, when we're, when it's been published and when it's been, um, you know, when we hit a thousand sales and whatnot. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, yes, yeah. Absolutely. We're not stopping at a thousand. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Hey, look. Well, a thousand is the, first, the next land, landmark, but we'll have many more milestones. Yes, we will. That's right. And I want to thank you both. So have a terrific Thank you, evening, Tony. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you again. All right, thank, thank you. you. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye now.